It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you guys here Saturday, April 27th. Two days of the draft now in the books. We are nearly halfway done. We've got one day left, four rounds today, rounds four through seven, and we've got two new members of the Carolina Panthers to talk about. We're just going to jump right into it first. Panthers went into day two with three picks. They had two in the third round, or one in the second round, and two in the third round. They had 47, 77, and 100. Well, as it turns out, they saw the tackle run and didn't want to get burned by the tackle run, so they packaged picks 47 and 77, sent them to the Seattle Seahawks, who seemingly were trading down about a million times. They did trade up a couple times, including uh, to get DK Metcalf, but they traded with the Seahawks to move up to number 37 to take Greg Little, the offensive tackle out of Ole Miss. And one of the first things I thought of, too, was Little was actually one of the quick prospect profiles I did over at Panthers Wire. So it almost seemed like there was a little bit of a match there, and Greg Little didn't I believe Greg Little did meet with the Panthers. So there definitely seemed to be some interest there. And look, we, we talked, obviously we know offensive line was a huge need for the Panthers. You needed depth at the tackle position. You need somebody down the line after Darrell Williams potentially leaves. Uh, it's going to be really interesting now to see how all these players factor in. You know, you could see Little start as a swing tackle. You could also see, and then I saw... Jordan Rodriguez talk about this as well, and she brings up a really good point. Let's also keep in mind that Taylor Moten had a lot of work at left guard before the season started. Remember, before Matt Khalil got injured, before Darrell Williams got injured, Taylor Moten was getting a lot of work at left guard, trying to compete with uh, Amini Silatolu and Greg Van Roten for that left guard spot. It wasn't until those guys got injured that it forced Moten to be moved outside. So it wouldn't be surprising if they go that route as well. I think that's definitely it's definitely an option on the table that you put Greg Little at left tackle, you put Taylor Moten at left guard, and then of course you have Matt Paradis at center, uh, Trey Turner at right guard, and then Darrell Williams at right tackle. I mean, you're, you're not moving. You're not moving Darrell Williams from right tackle. He's he's set in stone there. He's he's always played right tackle. He's comfortable there. Don't move him. Moten, he just has that versatility. I've always been a big fan of him at tackle, and I would love to see him. And we saw him do well at left tackle against the Cowboys in week one. But it wouldn't be surprising if they decide to say, hey, we brought Greg Little in as a tackle. Let's put him on the left side, let's bump Moten back inside. And it certainly wouldn't stop them in, say, 2020 from moving Moten back outside. 
you could see a, a situation too where Little is playing left tackle and Moten is playing right tackle. But for 2019, with Dare Williams in tow, I think that's definitely a possibility. Or you could say Little starts on the bench and acts as the swing tackle to Moten and Williams as, as their primary backups to start the season. You keep Greg Van Roten at left guard. I mean, this is, you know, none of this is a knock on Van Roten. Let, let's remember, Greg Van Roten was the only player on the Panthers offense that played all or every single offensive snap. Not Christian McCaffrey, obviously not Cam Newton or any of these receivers, not even the linemen. Greg Van Roten was the only one that played every single offensive snap in 2018. So he can handle the position, but there is room for improvement, and I think that's a possibility uh, with moving Moten inside. But a, a lot of time will tell, you know, you, you get to the rookie mini camps and then you get to... You get to the summer, it's going to be really interesting to see how they move some of these pieces around. But overall, like for now and for down the line, I, I like the Greg Little pick. You know, was it worth trading up 10 spots and trading a third-round pick? Well, I mean, you kind of saw the the tackle run coming a little bit, uh, especially Jawan Taylor, who I'm sure the Panthers also had interest in. He was actually traded up for himself. For uh, by the uh, Jaguars, I don't think it's a bad move. I'm fine with them moving up ten spots. You know, it cost them the higher their third round picks, but I mean to to assure themselves of a solid offensive tackle because the the well starting to dry up a bit already, and and we knew that going into this draft that this was a pretty top heavy offensive tackle class. If you wanted to get one, you probably had to get one early. And again, you saw the run coming. I mean, look, the, the Houston Texans took two. They took Titus Howard in round one, and they took Max Sharping in round two. Shout out to Mark Schofield. I know he's a big fan of Max Sharping. So it just goes to show you how highly valued these tackles were. Now, again, it's a little surprising that a guy like Jawan Taylor fell to the second round, but he still went very early in the second round. So you saw a lot of these guys go, you saw a lot of corners go, and then wide receivers later in the second round. So don't really have a problem with them flipping their third round pick to assure themselves of one of the top tackles. That of course meant that it was a long wait between that pick and their next pick because after they made the pick now at 37, they didn't have another pick until number 100. And they did go with a quarterback. How about that? We talked about how I felt it was a true 50-50. We knew if they were going to add a quarterback, it was going to be via the draft. I just didn't expect it to be at the end of the third round. I mean, they definitely needed improvement on the backup quarterback position. You know, I like Kyle Allen. I like Taylor Heineke. But uh, you definitely could have made the argument that they needed a backup quarterback I thought it would have been more likely that it would have been here on day three. Someone like Brett Rippin or Easton Stick, Clayton Thorson. I mean, they they had interest. You know, they met, I think, a couple times with Clayton Thorson. So I thought maybe he would have been a possibility in round six. But they end up going with 
Will Greer, the quarterback out of West Virginia, the quarterback that I thought had a small chance, had a sneaky chance to get picked to get picked late in round one. Obviously, he did not, of course, because Drew Locke didn't even get taken. He does end up going to Denver, and you know, we'll talk about some of the 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 day two in as a whole. But Will Greer at number one hundred. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Overall, my thoughts on Greer, he needs work. Um, I'm not overly... You know, I, I don't hate him. I just think he definitely is a prototypical, and I wrote about this quick over at Panthers Wire. I think he's kind of the prototypical developmental quarterback right now. You know, he obviously had his moments at West Virginia, but he struggled at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he was all right at the Combine. So he de he definitely has some work to do. But this is a good opportunity for him. This, I think, is the right one of the right situations for him. You know, that th this was really what Greer needed going into the NFL was to come to a, a team that already has an established quarterback, be able to sit behind him for some time, develop, and then could possibly become a starting quarterback. You know, is that going to happen in Carolina? I don't know. Cam Newton still has two years left on his deal, and you know they're eventually going to give him a new deal. So Greer could end up being a longtime backup. And that's – and I'm sure – I'm sure for someone like him, that's perfectly fine, you know, as, as far as his skill set is concerned. Obviously, you know, you, if you talk to Greer, he would say he wants to be a starter. But for right now, being the backup, I think, is a, a good situation for Will Greer. He'll come in. He'll compete with Kyle Allen for the number two job. I think this probably means, you know, they may keep him through training camp just to have an extra arm. But I think, say, once you get to final cuts after the preseason – I think this probably spells the beginning of the end for Taylor Heineke. You know, there, there's no way the Panthers keep four quarterbacks. And unless I'd have to look into it, if Kyle Allen and, and or Taylor Heineke have practice squad eligibility, Kyle Allen might, I'm not sure Taylor Heineke. I would guess probably not though. So in all likelihood, I would say, you're looking at uh, Newton, Greer, and Allen as possibly the three quarterbacks. You know, you, you at least want to keep Kyle Allen. I think, I, I as I've said before, I like the way Kyle Allen played at the end of the season. I thought he came in and handled himself well. You know, the offense was likely simplified for him because he was being thrust into this role because of all these injuries. But I thought he handled himself pretty decently. You know, obviously on the flip side, especially early in this against the Saints, it's not like the Saints really 
cared too much about that game. They had the top seed locked up, so they they're just playing, and obviously a lot of the top players were rested. But all things considered, I thought Kyle Allen pr- played pretty decently. But at least now you have competition for that backup role. I know there's people that want them to take safety. I still expect them to take safety. And there are still a couple still on the board. Um, the biggest surprise for me, still on the board, of course, is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Actually, looking at the prospect rankings over at the Draft Network, they actually ranked Gardner-Johnson 13th overall. And he is still on the board. Uh, I believe Amani Hooker is still on the board. Deontay Thompson is still on the board. So there are still some, you know, Sheldrick Redwine of Miami is still on the board. Jaquan Johnson of Miami. So there's a lot of pretty good safeties that are still on the board. Uh, Panthers, of course, have just three picks left today. They've got one, of course, one in round four because they only they only traded the third round pick to move up yesterday. So they still got their pick in the fourth, which I believe is number one fifteen. They've got one fifty. As I as I'm looking it up real quick, just looking at the numbers, the pick numbers again. It's only it's only the three picks, but I believe. I believe it is 115 in round four as we try as we look it up now. Okay, yeah, so they've picked 115 in round four, so they won't have to wait too long once the draft starts at about 12 o'clock to make their first pick. So they're at 115, they are at 154, that's in round five, and then 187 in round six. And those are their Last three picks, unless, of course, they move around and, you know, they possibly could. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to package a pick. You've only got three left. You know, maybe they package, say, their sixth round pick or or even a future pick next year to move up if they like one of these safeties. So I think that's certainly something to to look forward to or, or something to watch with the Panthers. Uh, and I think you're still looking at linebacker depth. You're pro- you're likely looking at a running back. I, th- I think they're probably going to take a running back at some point too. So those are, those are a couple positions. Maybe they take another receiver. Um, but other than safety, they've really hit the the biggest needs here. They've got their edge defender in Brian Burns. They've got their future tackle in Greg Little and. You could argue that backup quarterback was one of their biggest needs as well, and they've now addressed that with Will Greer. So let's actually go ahead and do one last mock draft over at Fanspeak. RIP 2019 mock drafts, I guess, because this is it. You won't be mock drafting 2019 anymore after this, but you know once that... (laughs) Once the draft is over and they start going through all the undrafted free agents, you know probably as early as tomorrow. I mean, Walter Football's already done some, but other media, I'm sure, is going to follow suit. You're going to start seeing the mock drafts for 2020. So mock drafts will never die. Just the 2019 mock drafts will be put to rest after tonight. But we'll do one last mock draft 
here on FanSpeak. Obviously, it's not going to be a whole lot because we're really only making three picks because we're just using the base model here where you just keep the picks that you originally have. So, let's jump into it. First, of course, we have to run through the, you know, if you use the FanSpeak simulator, you they still run through the first picks. So we actually, so we have to input them ourselves. So here we go, round one. Get ready to be on the clock, number 16 overall. We've got the edge defenders, and we're going to go, and we're going to take Brian Burns, defensive end, out of Florida State. We're all going to celebrate because we get a fantastic edge defender. So, yay, let's, let's celebrate. Let's, let's pretend it's Thursday night, and we're celebrating. Yay, Brian Burns, woo! And then Brian Burns gets the call, and he's all emotional. <laughs> nah, but it, it, it's, it's fun. It's uh. Listen. Overall, you can't hate on, can't hate too much on the Panthers draft. Yes, I know there's, you know, I've seen some of the comments. People aren't happy that they took Will Greer. They wish they would have taken a safety. But again, like we just talked about, there are some safeties. And when we get to our pick in uh, round four, we'll kind of see that there are still some safeties, like we discussed. So round two, we have to look for Greg Little, and there he is. And not bad value there, too. This actually gives us a chance to look, because we're using the on-the-clock composite board. So we can actually even see what, what they're ranked in the composite board, so how they kind of averaged out, and compare that value. Greg Little was 51 on the board, and the Panthers got him at 37. So not, not too bad there. And even just looking now, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, number 44 on the board. Hakeem Butler is 43 on this board. They are both still on the board, even going into round four. So a lot of talent, a lot of good talent, still on the board as we enter round four. But here we are, round three, going through, still waiting, of course, to get to number 100. And, of course, we have to, just sitting here waiting again, just, just looking at the names, too. So now the three... Three highest-ranked players left on the board are still available even going into round four. Hakeem Butler, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and... Well, actually, this one just took Hakeem Butler at 95. So, I think there's still some bugs. I think there's still some bugs in this uh, in this mock. I don't think they've complete because Butler hasn't been taken. They took him at 95 to the Giants. I think that was actually the pick that the Chiefs took, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was where the Chiefs selected Kayleen Saunders, because actually I just did a mock for the Bengals, and we were, went into round four, and Kayleen Saunders was selected, but yeah, he was taking it. Oh, actually, it was 84. I'm sorry, but nonetheless, so a little bit of a a bug there, but nonetheless, Panthers are on the board. We will take Will Greer number 100 and wrap up round three there. And now we will get into round number four. So, okay, so the, the mock is thrown off a little bit because, again, I I mean, I'll, I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure Hakeem Butler is still undrafted. Yeah, he still is he still has not been taken yet. 
So the, the mock is thrown off a little bit, but still okay. We're on the board here, 115. So it looks like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson finally went off the board. He did. Actually, scrolling through, it looks like he went early. But nonetheless, he's, he's off the board. But Deontay Thompson still on the board. Amani Hooker still on the board. Jaquan Johnson. At this point, you know, he was once thought of as a first-round pick. We're, we're going to get him here in round four. I think he'll be a solid safety next to Eric Reed. Really, really loud. Because we know how versatile Eric Reed is. So you can really fit almost any safety next to him. And I, th I think the pairing will work out nice. So we're going to go with Deontay Thompson in round four. We're going to end his, end his long fall. And now we've got our two safeties. We've, we'll have Rashawn Galden working the nickel. We've got... Bradbury and Dante Jackson. So we're good to go. We're pretty good to go now in the in the secondary. So let's move on. So at this point now we can just I think we can just take good players because those are really the four biggest needs. Edge, tackle, backup quarterback, and safety. And we've now hit all four with with the first four picks. So at the, at this point I think we can just take good players with these last two picks. So here we go. Getting ready. On the board now, 154. A couple running backs on the board, and I think that's the direction we're going to go in because I think we got to we've got to take a running back as well. The question is which one? Because there's a lot on the board, but I tell you what, Rodney Anderson, despite the injury, very, very, very talented, and I've mocked him to the Panthers a couple times when we've done these mocks. Fifth round, give him time to recover that injury. You know, let Cameron Artis Payne spell McCaffrey a little bit, and then you bring in a strong running back like Anderson. I think that's the way we're going to go. We're going to go Rodney Anderson at number 154. So there there we go. So now, now you could argue the five biggest needs for the Panthers. Edge, tackle, quarterback, safety, running back. We've now hit up all five. So it really, you know... And when you go on FanSpeak, one of the options you can do is pick which set of team needs you can use. I just use the user voted. And the ones that are left, they have center, guard, D-line, corner, tight end, linebacker. I agree they could use some depth at linebacker. They could use a little bit of depth at defensive line. Uh, maybe another corner. So... Here we are, final pick, number 187. Let's actually look at some of the D-line that are available. So we've got DeMarcus Christmas of Florida State. We've got Byron Coward of Maryland, Ed Alexander, LSU, uh, Kingsley Kiki of A&M, Daniel Wise of Kansas. So a couple players there available. Uh, look at the linebackers that are left. Dakota Allen, Chase Hansen, Joe Giles Harris, Josiah Tuefa, Gary Johnson, Ben Burkervin, a few good players there. Corners, Michael Jackson is available. Uh, Hamp Cheevers, Jamal Peters, Ken Webster, Blessing Austin. Those are the top guys there. Uh, so a few, op few options there, but I think we're going to hit up D-line. We can probably get linebackers and corners in the, uh, in the undrafted free agency frenzy, but I think we're going to go D-line because I'm pretty intrigued by this DeMarcus Christmas. You know, he's not a flashy guy. He more is, just, is kind of a run stuffer. But in this, in the heavy rotation the Panthers like to do, 
Christmas is someone that you know, can give them a few snaps here and there as a rookie and then let them develop a little bit, work his way up into a bigger role uh, later in his rookie year and into 2020. So I think we're going to add him as a bit of a depth piece. So we're going to go to Marcus Christmas, defensive tackle, Florida State, with our final pick. So that means the final haul after this mock is Brian Burns in round one, Greg Little in round two, Will Greer in round three, Deontay Thompson in round four, Rodney Anderson in round five, and Demarcus Christmas in round six. There's your Panthers class, quote-unquote, for 2019. By the end of tonight, we'll have the actual draft class, plus, of course, all the undrafted free agents. But that's it. That's the final mock draft of the 2019 draft season it's been a fun time by tomorrow we'll actually we'll have actual players to talk about so that's what we're going to do uh, again i i do want to talk about before we get out of here the actual some of the actual events that happened during the draft last night but uh, like i said tomorrow we'll kind of recap everything what the panthers did with here on day three and with the undrafted picks and that'll be it. The draft will be in the books, and then really there will be nothing to talk about until well, you got rookie minicamp a little bit in May, and then OTAs May into June. But other than that, after tonight, there's really not much to talk about. So, like I said, hopefully I'm going to start setting up for the little preview series that I talked about I wanted to do, kind of bringing all the hosts from the other Locked On podcast, all the hosts of the teams that the Panthers are going to play and get their, let them talk to you guys about their team and what to expect and how the Panthers can match up, things like that. So I, I think that'll be a fun way to kind of get through the summer. But real quick, a couple thoughts from day two. Uh, we saw the cornerback run early in round two. The first two picks in round two, in fact, were corners. Cardinals took Byron Murphy out of Washington, and then the Colts took Rocky Sin out of Temple. And then again, a bit of a tackle run. The Jaguars took Jawan Taylor. Panthers traded up for Greg Little. Bills then took Cody Ford. And then after that, you saw a couple more corners go off the board. Sean Bunting of Central Michigan went to the Buccaneers, and the Raiders took Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. Then the Broncos ended up with back-to-back -back picks because they had picked 41, and then they traded up to 42. The Broncos get my boy. I was Part of me was hoping the Panthers would have taken Dalton Reisner, but again, I'm fine with Greg Little. Reisner goes to the Broncos, and then the Broncos trade up for Drew Locke. So that's going to be a fun quarterback battle between Joe Flacco and Drew Locke. The lines were surprising at 43, taking Jelani Tavai, the linebacker, out of Hawaii. Probably could have been there later, but obviously the Lions valued him pretty highly. Uh, the Patriots actually traded up. That's something you don't see too often. They traded up for Jawan Williams, the corner out of Vanderbilt, as the corners continued to roll off the board. And then the Browns finally ended the fall of Greedy Williams, taking him at number 46. I like the Saints taking Eric McCoy at 48. Uh, then you finally saw another receiver go off the board. The Niners took Debo Samuel at 36, and then you didn't see another until 51. 
when the Titans took A.J. Brown, and that kind of started the receiver run because then you saw the Chiefs take Mecole Hardman out of Georgia, a.k.a. the replacement for Tyreek Williams. Eagles went with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Colts took Paris Campbell at, six, at 59. And then the Cardinals took Andy Isabella at 62. And, of course, as you guys have heard, that was the pick they acquired from the Dolphins in exchange for Josh Rosen. They finally were able to unload Josh Rosen after we had seemingly known for months that they were going to take Kyler Murray. In the end, they only get a second-round pick out of him. They even traded a pick themselves to the Dolphins, a fifth-rounder, next year. I uh, saw a couple of safeties right before that pick as well. Chargers took Nasir Adderley. Rams took Taylor Rapp. And then actually the pick right after Isabella was another safety, Juan Thornhill going to the Chiefs. And then DK Metcalf finally came off the board at number 64. I was wondering, I was waiting when Metcalf was going to fall off the board. And the Seahawks take him. And I tell you what, I really like that fit. Listen, just have Metcalf just run deep routes with his speed and just let Russell Wilson chuck it. That's that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Ja'Kai Polite's fall ended up at number 68 to the New York Jets. So he fell. Obviously, we knew he was going to fall pretty hard after his uh, what was a mess of a pre-draft process. Jermaine Pratt went to the Bengals at 72. I mentioned that because I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. I did a seven-round mock for the Bengals yesterday before day two, and I nailed that right on the nose. Bengals taking Jermaine Pratt at 72. I also had them taking a tight end in round one, just certainly not Drew Sample that high. Uh, speaking of tight ends, the Packers get their tight end. They took Jay Sternberger at 75, a guy I really liked. And then Kayleen Saunders, you guys know I'd been flaunting on him a while. I, I really loved him. He went to the Chiefs at number 84. Then you saw a couple linebackers go. Connor McGovern, number 90 to the Cowboys. I mentioned him because his high school is actually only about an hour north of my hometown. So congrats to him. I got a chance to talk to him at the Combine. He's a great guy, and I think he's going to do really well for Dallas. And then just a, a couple mix of players. You saw the Giants take off Shane Zimenez. Bills took Dawson Knox. Uh, Quincy, the Jaguars went with Quincy Williams, the linebacker out of Murray State. The guys, if you guys watched the draft last night and you were watching that pick, the guys at the NFL Network looked like they were a deer. They were deer in headlights. Because they had no video package for him. Daniel Jeremiah even said he didn't really spend much time on him, if at all. Even some people on Twitter, you're seeing them say, like, oh, they didn't do, like, nearly any work on Quincy Williams. The only thing, they even were surprised when they found out that he's actually the older brother of Quinnen Williams. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So it, it was funny. The NFL on day three, they like to do the, I guess they call it the stump the Trump or something like that. They are stump the truck where they have fans send in players and they try to they try to pick a player that the NFL network has like no video packages or anything of. Well, they had already done it. They had nothing for Quincy Williams. So it's so interesting pick there by the Jaguars, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, and then actually Greer was the first of back-to-back players from West Virginia taken because then the Patriots took Yanni Kajust, uh, the offensive tackle out of West Virginia. And then the last pick of round three was the Vikings taking Alexander Madison, the running back out of Boise State. So here we are, day four. Starts at 12 o'clock. Cardinals will be on the clock to kick things off. Again, the Panthers with three picks, 115, 154, and 187. So as always, enjoy the draft. It's kind of sad that this is it. Uh, it's, It's always crazy how there's so much talk leading up to the draft, and then it feels like it's over in a heartbeat. But after tonight, it is all over. 102 picks down, 152 to go, and then the uh, undrafted free agency frenzy. So that'll do it. I'm going to get out of here. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. As always, really do appreciate it. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setty, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow the podcast on Himalaya, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen. And we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the 2019 NFL Draft. And until then, take care, everybody, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.